You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 267. What are you going to change? Part two. And if you didn't get to listen to last week's episode, I encourage you to do that. We kind of talked about change on a personal level. You know, let's face it, so many of our lives are being upended, uh, uprooted in some cases. There's some serious things that we're having to address because of this global pandemic. This is being recorded in May of 2020. And if you're listening to this 10 or 20 years from now, you'll look back and go, oh yeah, that was the coronavirus pandemic when we had to stay in our houses and our businesses shut down and we couldn't go to the gym and we couldn't go to the church and people wearing masks and, you know, just a very, very crazy time to be alive. So I encourage you to go back and listen to last week's episode if you haven't had a chance yet. And uh, we really talk about change more on a personal um, or, a, or a micro level. But today I'm going to kind of broaden our, our lens and, and, and zoom out and, and, and look more at the macro. I'm going to look at change um, in, 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 in bigger areas, bigger arenas. And, um, you know, obviously who knows how things are going to play out, but what I'm wanting to do is just kind of throw some discussion questions out there, kind of get you thinking, um, because in some uh, areas you're you may be even responsible for making changes um, to your organization, and so I want to at least just throw some things out that I'm seeing, some things I'm kind of seeing down the road a little bit, and um, you know at least get us thinking and and talking about it. don't go away. I'm going to be right back. I just want to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, Street Cop 2 Reloaded. And, you know, if you like action-packed police stories, by all means, check out Street Cop and Street Cop 2 Reloaded. This was the sequel to my popular book, Street Cop. And what this is, it's a collection of my own personal stories from when I was a police officer. Uh, I started writing this book shortly before I retired, or both of these books, and um, they were released and and have actually been very popular. Um, You know, as I said in the forward to one of the books, some of the stories will amuse you or entertain you, but others might even disturb you. Um, Because, you know, this, this is real life. This is stuff that I dealt with. And, uh, you know, the, the stories are fast-paced, uh, fast-moving, you know, car chases and fights and drugs and gangs and domestic calls. I mean, pretty much anything you can possibly imagine that a police officer deals with is in Street Cop 2 Reloaded. So check it out. You can click, click the link in the show notes. It'll take you to Amazon. 
You can even read, I think it's the first chapter for free to see if you'd like it. But by all means, have at it. I know you'll enjoy it, and uh, I would appreciate the support. Well, okay, back at it. We're talking about what are we going to change. Last week, we were more on the micro level. Today, we're more on the macro level. How is business changing during this pandemic, and what changes are here to stay? In your, your work, your business, your company, um, whatever it is, what changes do you see happening? How are businesses going to change as we move forward? As, as things begin to go back to normal, whatever that's going to look like, as the uh, number of infections decrease, which thankfully they're starting to, at least in my area. But what things are you anticipating um, that are here forever now? What things do you see that are that are going to be here for, for good? Here's, here's one. What about allowing employees, more employees, to work remotely? You know, in, in, in times past, there's been this this attitude between management and, and, and the workers that, you know, we really can't trust them. We can't trust them to work at home because they'll just be goofing off or watching TV or doing their own thing and not getting their work done. But, you know, in, in this day of where so many jobs are, are internet-based or rely on the internet, um, it's, it's really not that hard for a, a supervisor, a manager, a boss to go in and check and make sure that their people are working. Um, so I can really see in so many cases that businesses are going to evaluate how things have have, have panned out and played out during this uh, time of crisis, during you know the two, three, four months, whatever it ends up being, and looking back and seeing that their people were still productive, even working at their homes. And, you know, if that's the case, if employers can, can look back and, and, you know, see that their people were still producing and, and getting their jobs done, these people would be fools to go back to the old model. And sure, there's a need to be together periodically, but if, you know, whereas before people were working in the office five days a week and now you're only bringing them in maybe once or twice a week, Think of, uh, really, I mean, you're giving your employees back an hour or two a day, depending on where they live, you know, depending on their commutes. And they're going to be fresher. They're going to be, um, I, I really just see so much benefit for doing this. And obviously, this doesn't work for every business type. You know, there's some places, you know, some businesses that there's just, you know, absolutely no way this will work. But more and more businesses, I think you're going to see move to this model. I've talked to so many of my friends during this crisis who who are working remotely, and they find they're getting more done at home because they're not having to um, worry about rushing home and picking up the kids. They're not having to worry about, oh, what are we going to have for dinner? It just, just taking away that commute several days a week just really puts your employees in such a better frame of mind so that they can offer you much more quality work. You know, how many how many companies could save really big money by allowing their people to work at home more days a week? Now, as we're talking about shifting, as we're talking about um, employees saving money, I think one of the models you're going to start seeing in some cases is businesses um, realizing that if we can 
send our employees and let them work remotely, whether they're working at home or they're working in a coffee shop or wherever they're working, as long as they're working, and doing away with a facility or downsizing their facility. How much money could a business save every year? And obviously, like I said, this isn't for everybody, but but how many businesses could this apply to where the 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 team is allowed to work at home three or four days a week, and then once a week or twice a month, you meet at a place and have meetings and, you know, one-on-ones and whatever you need to do. Um, you know, you could get by with a smaller facility. So I definitely see this as, as something, uh, a wave of the future. Um, I think as, as, you know, we've always, or at least not always, but for, for, for a number of years, we've had the ability to have teleconferencing. Um, Zoom has kind of been the hero over the last few months is, is um, companies and churches and individuals have really been, excuse me, using Zoom for, for so many meetings. But, but I think what we're seeing is that in many cases, these meetings, um, there's no reason for us to have to drive across town to have a meeting when we can do it remotely. Are they perfect? Absolutely not. Um, you know, are there issues? There can be. But I think when we balance it all out in so many cases, um, you know, where we have uh, one-on-one meetings one week and we have Zoom meetings the next week, or, um, you know, in some cases where you have uh, salespeople or service people that can work and help their clients remotely using Zoom rather than having to pay um, to fly them into a city and then pay for their hotels. I just see so many benefits to rethinking how we've done things. So, so and, and I'd love to hear from you. What are some other things that you see changing in the way we do business? Obviously, the health concerns, um, you know, whether or not the, the whole, you know, hot phrase, uh, social distancing, whether or not that lasts for, for years to come, I don't know. But I definitely see um, more of an emphasis on hygiene and and, you know, employer, employees and employers uh, being more sensitive to health issues because, um, you know, this has definitely been a, a trying time in that arena. So the whole work business thing, I think you're going to see some significant changes there. Uh, number two, what about education? You know, for months, schools have been out here in Georgia uh, for about two months now. And, you know, education at every level has been affected from preschool all the way up through university level. Um, education schools have been affected. So what are going to be some changes as we move forward? You know, the comment that I've heard over and over again from parents is, you know, my kids are, are, are doing digital work. The teachers are setting it up where they're working digitally. They're still doing their schoolwork, but they're doing it digitally. And what what so many parents I'm hearing say is, my kids are getting all of their schoolwork done in just an hour or two. You know, maybe they're getting it done in two or three hours, but this is still far less than the whole day of school that they're going to. And I think in some cases, parents are asking, why are our kids in school for this long when they're able to do the same amount of work at home for two or three in two or three hours. So I think there's some definite considerations here. I've heard some parents who had never, ever considered homeschooling um, are actually considering it now. Other parents 
um, who, who, who had never considered homeschooling or still never considering homeschooling. Um, they're very ready for, to get their kids back in school. And obviously there's no one size fits all. We're just asking some questions here and some throwing some stuff out. Um, you know, for a number of years, this didn't start during the pandemic. For a number of years, there's been external studies programs. Some of my um, education has been done that way. I finished up my bachelor's degree, did my master's and my PhD um, through distance learning. And so it was, but that was kind of in the early days. That was back when, you know, you'd get cassette tapes with lectures on them. And um, now so much of it is internet-based and chat rooms and group projects that can even be done, um, you know, going online and working that way. So so there's a lot of stuff to consider here, you know. So, so are we going to see online um, classrooms increasing? And I think the answer is yes. Are we going to see going back to, to, the, to the traditional classroom? Absolutely. Um, but I think we're also going to see some hybrids. We're going to see in some cases um, more of an emphasis on online learning. I think as uh, more parents especially those parents who might lean towards uh, the whole homeschooling thing or, um, you know, finding some type of alternative education uh, method for their kids. I think looking at, at the online learning, I think there are so many great ways to go. And I think for, for people who have never really considered it before, um, the idea of being able to uh, go to university to work a full-time job or, or even a part-time job while still working, uh, doing their schoolwork online, um, I think is a really valid consideration. I think a lot of people have gotten the opportunity to maybe uh, test the waters during this crazy time of the, of the pandemic. So, so I think you're definitely going to see um, some shifts in education and how education is done. Um, you know, maybe the the school day might even get shorter. I don't know. Uh, my wife and I lived in Brazil for five years as missionaries, and what we saw down there was the school day was about half of what ours is. And and what they would do is the kids would either go from, eh, let's just say, eight to, to, to noon, or they would go from one to five. And this was, you know, kind of their um, that was their education. They get a four hour school day and it was, it was done well. And that was, that was what they got. So I don't know. I mean, may, it might be something for, for educa- ed- educators to consider and to look at maybe revamping the way they do some things. So we've talked about work and business. We've talked about education and we've talked about maybe some changes that might come there. And then what about church? What about church? How do you see things moving forward as we start slowly to get back to normal um, about how things are going to look in your church. Uh, just to kind of give you an example of my context, uh, our church has not had in-person services now for going on two months. Um, so, you know, it's a definite adjustment. And fortunately, the team was able to shift pretty quickly and start producing and packaging some awesome worship services and teaching um, you know, and, and, and really creating a, a digital platform for us to uh, continue reaching our congregation. But what we found is through doing this, we're also having a reach far beyond just our local community. You know, we have people regularly logging on from Europe, from India, from uh, 
Central America or South America, from Canada, uh, all over the U.S. I mean, we've re- or even Australia, we've seen just a real, real powerful outreach through our online services. So this has been quite interesting as we've seen this. And you know what's fascinating is we've always posted our sermons online. I mean, after every Sunday, the uh, the team will take the sermon and uh, edit it a little bit and then put it on YouTube. And, you know, we've gotten a, a lot of great feedback there, but, you know, these are actual online services that we're putting out now. And, you know, we're really seeing such an impact in so many lives. And the, the feedback we're getting through our digital platforms is amazing. Good numbers and just the comments of people being touched and impacted. Um, even in some cases, people who have been part of our church and have had to move away because of work or whatever are logging in and just really, really loving it. So it's definitely giving us something to think about as we move forward into the future. Um, our connect groups, our small groups, have actually grown um, through meeting digitally, through Zoom or Google Hangouts or you know whatever other format they might be using. Uh, most people are using Zoom, but we've used Google Hangouts, and we've even had some people, um, depending on the type of group, have to use like a conference call. But either way, um, we're, we're meeting, and the groups are growing. In some cases, we've got people part of our small groups that live in other states, but because they were invited, they're joining the small group, they're joining the discussion, and they're feeling connected. Um, does this take the place of meeting together in church? Well, absolutely not. But when you don't have that option, what are you going to do? So the question is, you know, as your church starts moving forward and looking at, you know, we're, we're kind of talking about reentry now. What's it going to look like when we start meeting again? Um, when's that going to take place and all these things? Um, what's that going to look like for you? How is that going to work out in your environment? Um, you know, it's definitely something to consider um, moving forward. What is your digital presence going to be? And how has your digital presence been during this, this crisis? If you're a pastor or a church leader, uh, what have you guys been doing? And, 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 you know, it's been interesting because I've seen a lot of different churches doing a lot of different things, and it's, um, it's been interesting. I think we've all learned and adjusted and grown and um, you know, the first couple of weeks, you know, you would see a pastor standing on stage in a very obviously empty auditorium preaching a message so that it could be aired either right then live or taped and released later. Um, and, you know, that's just kind of a, a crazy uh, dynamic to even think about doing that. Um, our pastors took a little bit of a different tack. They actually said, let's film it in a home. Let's film it in a living room, create a more intimate setting you know, so that we're not standing in inside of an empty, a big empty building. And the feedback we got was amazing because it just seemed so much more warm and friendly and inviting. And, um, you know, so great, great, uh, you know, the ability to influence and impact other people. So, you know, this is some stuff to think about. You know, we're already talking about having um, a, a much more intentional online presence even after we're meeting together again. We're already talking about continuing to have at least some of our small groups uh, be done digitally, uh, allowing us to have that greater outreach. Um, even for just normal meetings, as we mentioned when we talked about business and work, 
um, you know, these have actually worked out quite well. You know, so instead of having to have everybody drive to the church and have a meeting, I can see in in many cases uh, team leaders saying, "Hey, let's let's have a Zoom call Thursday night and talk about what our strategy is going to be for whatever it is that they're doing." Um, I know for some of the teams I lead, this is something that I'm definitely going to pursue. Um, sure, there are. It's great to get together. And, you know, we're looking forward to that, but I can sure see with everybody being so, so busy when things are back to normal, um, what a blessing it would be instead of saying, hey, listen, yeah, work all day and then come home and grab a bite to eat and then drive to the church for an hour long meeting. Instead of saying, you know, instead of doing that, saying, hey, listen, um, you know, tonight at eight, come home, get settled. Tonight at eight, we'll have a digital meeting and, you know, iron everything out. And I think, um, you know, again, we're wanting to look after our people. So just some things to think about, work or business, education, and then church. What are you going to change? Well, I'd love to hear from you. Go to davidspell.com. Let me, uh, let me know what you're thinking about this. Did I miss anything? What are some other areas maybe that, that you'd like to talk about in regards to the change? that's taking place because of this pandemic. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to discuss this with you. Uh, While you're at davidspell.com, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter. I love to stay in touch with you. Well, friends, thanks for being with me, and I will see you next week on Leading and Learning. Mm -hmm.